Do you hear that sound? That is the sound of the waves crashing against a bay. But it's not just any bay. It's a Baywatch, because this is a Baywatch podcast, in fact. This is Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast where two men who have never watched Baywatch before try and watch Baywatch. I'm Michael Eisen. And I'm Morgan Thrapp. And Morgan, today's episode is... Season two, episode six, called Point of Attack. More like... Does it have to be? Could it be something else instead? You know, we should have planned that ahead of time. (laughs) (laughs) It could have been. We could have watched something else. But no. That's true. We watched this. Uh, Yeah. Just a heads up, everybody. As you can guess, not a good episode of Baywatch. No. No, it's not. Uh, but we're going to talk about it anyways, because that's the way we do at Baywatch Rookie School. A podcast mm-hmm. for two men. <laughs> that joke never gets old to me. It will be funny in five years. I guarantee it. I sure hope so. It will probably not be. Anyways, <laughs> this episode was written by Alan Swire, who wrote Money Honey two episodes ago. The one about Mitch, you know, getting becoming Hollywood famous. Uh, Mm. It was directed by Alan Meyerson, who may be known best for directing a bunch of television, such as episodes of Picket Fences, Boy Meets World, Larry Sanders Show, and the movie Police Academy 5. Oh. Yeah, but it's the fifth one, so it's like... Sure, sure. Uh, He also, like, started some sort of... Uh, it's called the community or their commune. It was some sort of like improv what? group that was like oh. it was an offshoot of the of the second city, right? Okay, he, that makes sense. And his group like had this space, and they would have these comedians there, and then once a week they would just let other people use the space that they have. And the most important thing I could find out was that. Before the Grateful Dead were the Grateful Dead, they were the Warlocks, and they performed there once. And I'm like, cool job. Good job. <laughs> uh, but this episode aired October 21st, 1991. But let's talk about the guest stars. So first is the most important of them, which is Danny Trejo, who has done some things mm-hmm. you may know of, but probably not. <laughs> um, I did not want to go and research all of the stuff Danny Trejo has done because he's actually legit yeah. famous. So we would be here for a yeah. while. Like he's he's a big get. Uh, oh yeah. Next up is Richard Coca, who plays Memo Ureta. Uh, sorry, mm-hmm. Urueta. Uh, Memo will come back in a few seasons yet again for a one-off episode. Interesting. Yeah. Now this is funny because Danny Danny Trejo will come back next season. As a different character. Okay. Which doesn't make a lot of sense. No, not really. Uh, Also, Richard Coca, seven years prior to this, played a character in Knight Rider, uh, which I think was interesting. That character was called Diablo. Now, a few months earlier, he also played a character called Diablo on a one-off episode of Hill Street Blues. So I feel like he was typecast (laughs) in characters called Diablo. Now... Hill Street Blues is a procedural cop series that ran for seven years. It had the record for most Emmys won by a show in its debut season until wow. the West Wing beat it. But the, nothing wow. has beaten the West Wing yet. And 
Hill Street Blues has a total of over seven years, 98 Emmy nominations. Holy shit. Yeah, people really like cops. Uh, yeah. <laughs> except for true. us. Except for us. We don't, <laughs> we don't really like cops here. Pay, it's true. It's true. Rookie School. A podcast. For, nope. It's the Can't Do It Twice episode. <laughs> um, next is Mark Adair Rios, who plays Sleepy in this episode. <laughs> Which one is Sleepy? I don't fucking know. But... I I did not bother to look up the names of any of the various gang members in this episode because I assumed they didn't have names. But uh, please tell me that they're all just named after the the what is it the seven dwarves? No, no, no. One of them is Ugh. named early on in the episode where someone goes, "Yo, Flacco," and he and right. that's that one's named. And I was like, "Oh, I I can tell which one that is," but I I have no clue which one is Sleepy. Sleepy is apparently higher build <laughs> than Flacco. But he's not named, so I'm like, which one is fucking sleepy? I don't, I don't know. Uh, but yeah. you may know Marca De Rios better for his voiceover in Red Dead, Re- Red Dead Redemption as the local population, <laughs> 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 which is very funny to me. Uh, That's also a very Baywatch. It is where they're just like, you don't have a name. You're just the local population is going to be the name of our band. The local population. (laughs) Oh, we're just like a village people cover band, but we're the local population. Oh, man. Okay, so you know how we've been talking about writing a song. Here's my proposal. We do a surf rock village people cover band called the local population Perfect. we can do a surf rock cover of the song go west yes uh, i think that's honestly the best uh in my opinion that's I the love best it. uh village people song watching watching this episode just became worth it for that million dollar idea right there it's more that listening <laughs> to our episode not watching you can skip watching this episode of baywatch oh yeah can't. please don't watch this episode but this is a can't Miss episode of Baywatch Rookie School, uh, as is every episode, in my opinion, mm-hmm. except for the pilot. You can that can fuck off. Anyways, Mark Adair Rios <laughs> is also a character actor who has a ton of credits for various things. You can look him up. He's just been in tons of things. Next is George Oliver Hale, who plays Dickskin. I mean, Dickerson. That's a letter Kenny <laughs> joke. That's my one joke this episode. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he is the water instructor. Water stands for something, or it's not doesn't stand for something. It's just a very general term for a program, I guess. Yeah, I had questions about. I that don't have. I this. don't have answers. Uh, okay. But George Oliver <laughs> Hale plays this character, but he is more notable for being in the onset medic for David Wayne TV shows. Huh. And two episodes of The Bachelorette. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's very weird. He's like one bit actor. He was also like on an ep. He was guy number one in Mortal Kombat Conquest, episode four, you know, <laughs> but he's an onset medic. So like that was that was cool. So he's he's the Mikey Newman of a bunch of other random shows. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I guess so. Wow, that's cool. I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> there's no Mikey Newman in this episode, so that takes that's it down true. two that's points. True. Yeah, 
And I mean, this episode really just, I mean, it would have gotten a perfect 10 out of 10 otherwise. It would have gotten a Newman out of 10. <laughs> uh, a Mikey out of Nooms. Actually, I kind of like that as a scale of Mikey out of Nooms. <laughs> like a one is an episode with no Mikey Newman and a 10 is an episode just about Nike Newman. <laughs> a 10 is just Mikey Newman doing a one man show on Broadway about his experience on Baywatch. I'm gonna I'm gonna change that. It, a ten is Mikey Newman doing a backflip. Ooh. And a one is Mikey Newman crying. Aww. So that's gonna be our scale for one of the seasons where he's like a main cast character. It's gonna be we're gonna Perfect. be Mikey Newman rookie school. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, as you can tell, we're trying to not get into talking about this episode. Yes. Uh you know, we're eight now nine minutes into this episode and we haven't <laughs> talked about the episode so i guess now it's time morgan for you to start talking about yeah i guess i guess it is uh we open on uh what almost almost is a positive part of this episode which is that we get our first ever hispanic characters um, and that's cool. How, uh, haven't we got, I assume we've gotten some before. I don't think we have. Certainly not anyone this major. What do you mean anyone this major? Like, uh, anyone that's, like, factored this heavily into the plot of the episode. Maybe, uh, maybe we have, but it's never been a case of their character is that they're Hispanic. Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know anyone, you know, he- ethnicity is rarely discussed on this show, except in the context of using them as a stereotype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is what this episode does, um, because what we get is is two rival gangs of uh, of Hispanic people and they're here on the beach to cause trouble and. Start fights. This scene is um, so bad. It's it's so bad. Literally, literally line four of my notes is this is an easy contender for worst episode yet. Um, normally, it takes me at least until like line 20 to get to that point. <laughs> I, I as a little bit of a spoiler. I don't know if I'm going to rate it as low as armored car, but it's worse than armored car. Yeah, like I say that just because Armored Car had no redeeming qualities in my mind. And there I'll talk about the redeeming qualities in quotes of this episode, but it is way worse than Armored Car. Yes, this is the worst episode of Baywatch you've seen. I think it might be tied with part one of the two part opener to this season. Mm, The two part opener to the season had a few better qualities to it. I, That's true. I, I think you know. Well, I know what would have made this this episode way worse. What Harvey? Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine like Harvey around oh, like God. with the kids just being like, "What? There's no chicks here or some some shit like that." I don't fucking. Know. I oh yeah, he would have he would have found a way to make it even more racist. We're disaster planning now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the, we can skip basically like four or five minutes of this scene um mm-hmm. which is basically they get in a fight and eddie sees this eddie comes to save them they start beating on him 
And then we mm-hmm. see some dude on a motorcycle on the beach. Ooh, wearing a denim jacket and a cowboy hat. And as soon as we saw him, I was like, oh, shit, Court's back? What the fuck? And it turns out, yeah, he sure is. Um, and he shows up just as a bunch of other lifeguards do, and all of them break up the fight. And that's the end of the opening scene. That part's kind of cool. It's, yeah, I mean... The court driving in on the motorcycle on the beach is cool. The bra- The fight part is not. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I was going to say it like it's only cool because we start it so fucking low in this episode that it's like, oh, here's 30 seconds that aren't actively horrendously racist. Fuck yeah. Hope more of the episode is like this. <laughs> Wrong. That will show you to dream. Nope. Boy. Uh, so, yeah, next uh, we go to headquarters where Mitch is working to find a bunch of weapons for the lifeguards in headquarters in case the guys they arrested attack them. No, 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 no. Um, it's the opposite of that. It is? He's removing things that he thinks they might take as weapons. Oh, he's like, yeah, we got to take things off the walls, like take whatever, you know, harpoon that Vanessa and the or whatever her name was in the first episode. Right. Right. Episodes of four found or whatever. Right. Because that could be used as a weapon. And honestly, it's way worse in my mind. Yeah. This episode is bad. Yeah. It's fucking racist. Yeah. It's super racist. It's super 90s racist. Let's add that. There's a different flair of racism in terms of it's not like overtly like, hey, slur. It's like we're just going to we're going to normalize just being shitty to people because they're not us. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we uh, we go to a scene where they're all in the weight room and uh, Garner tells all of them to calm down and be quiet or you'll be talking out of your armpits, uh, <laughs> which is not a thing. Um, it is in some anime. Really? Well, it's it's usually like they're demonically possessed. Oh, OK. This isn't just like a common trope of anime. No, it's no. People talking out of their armpits. I don't know. Of the two of us, uh, you've watched a lot more anime than I have. Yeah, but it's <laughs> but like even with the weirdness of anime, like it wouldn't make a lot of sense or be like, yeah, it's just that totally normal thing where everyone's like, here's the things you know about like anime characters. They have big eyes Many of the women have long, colorful hair, and they all talk out of their armpits. Honestly, you could have told me that that was true, and I would have believed you. Well, you need to be less gullible, my friend. (laughs) Uh, Because, no, it is not a thing. Uh, All right. But I have seen it depicted as someone is possessed, and there is a mouth on their armpit talking, and they are like, this is fucking crazy. Holy shit, what is happening to my body? Yeah. I'm going to propose an alternate interpretation of this, um, which is that Garner is suggesting they don't shut up. Their punishment is to just start doing a bunch of armpit farts. And then they'll just look so ridiculous that no one will think they're tough. Actually, that makes this episode (laughs) way less racist. (laughs) Does it? No. (laughs) It was a hope. But uh, yeah, it's no. Yeah, 
Um, but yeah, now we get to learn that no one quite knew where Court was. He told a bunch of different people a bunch of different stories about where he was. Um, and one of the people in one of the gangs was hurt, so Eddie and Shawnee tends to him. And then then the two gangs continue to fight. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, the, the person Eddie and Shawnee are tending to will end up being um, Mamo, who is Danny Trejo's kid, and will... Spend a lot of this episode focused on him. And yeah, we'll get into it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Garner Garner can't decide if he should arrest them or not and says, Eddie, you decide. Um, because that's how police work works. Don't do that. Um, He's a fucking idiot. Why would you ask the 20 year old idiot what mm-hmm. to do to reform the criminal justice system? Yeah. Uh, and Eddie Eddie's like, I don't know. I don't really care one way or the other. And the Garner's like, OK, well, then they're all getting arrested. And Eddie's like, wait, no, actually, I hate that. And so Garner's like, okie doke, we're not going to arrest them. It's more like he goes, okie doke, we're not going to arrest them. And I mean, it's not like they were going to stay in jail anyways. Uh, yeah. Which is weird like it, it, he's acknowledging that the police system is functionally decrepit at the other hand yeah. on the other hand he's also like but who am i to you know not observe the status quo it's like yeah what what yeah it's it's pretty weird especially because the next scene is mitch and eddie uh in mitch's office chatting about how the prison system is bad and we need prison reform <laughs> yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. And i was like what the fuck? What is this episode? It's like super fucking racist. But then also they're like, but the real reason that we have to be this racist is because the prison system is bad, which I agree with. Here's my theory. But like, here's my theory. And I think it's actually based on a fact you can agree with. Okay, And that is that every single liberal idea in this show comes out of the mouth of David Hasselhoff. Yeah. And my theory is that David Hasselhoff is like, I ain't going to say that shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm going to talk about prison reform and send her like, fuck, we can't outdo. Huh? <laughs> so we got to just write the episode. We got to just got to write it into the episode. Honestly, yeah. it makes me more of a fan of David Hasselhoff to see that he doesn't say the shitty stuff. He only just says the stuff that I agree with most of the time that's true like that's true we should yeah prison reform and specifically he says you know on one hand we could send them into jail uh and then mm-hmm. them out of jail and they'll just go back on the street to where they were before or we could do like an educational program subsidized by the government to teach them yeah. you know water stuff and it, i'm like that's a fucking <laughs> i, I didn't want to say water sports <laughs> <laughs> because that's that's the tr- yeah that's that's my bit you're not allowed to use that right i mean it is a frequent episode to episode bit that morgan does talk about water sports um mm-hmm. listen when you're on the beach and you're dealing with all these like boats and jet skis and things sometimes you just have to talk about the water sports that everyone's engaging in not even they're not even water sports necessarily at the beach, but it is just a topic of conversation at the yeah, beach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um so I will say though, 
before before I can fully support Mitch's take on prison reform, I do need to know what his stance on people dipping pizza in chocolate milk is, because as previously established, that is the one crime I think still deserves prison, even after we reform the prison system. Uh, but didn't he drink milk with Thai food? That's true, but that's just like generic white people in the 90s shit. Like He's done a lot of generic white You know what we should do? We should one day when we're rich so like <laughs> maybe in like a few months uh um, mm-hmm. yeah once once this podcast really starts raking in the dough yeah sure or our paychecks coming <laughs> from our new jobs um mm-hmm. uh which is probably more what i'm referring to uh we should yeah you know eventually get a cameo from david hasselhoff where we ask him what his opinion of dipping in chocolate milk? Because he'll have to answer that. Like that will be like the only thing we say is yeah. we, we won't even ask him to promote the podcast. We'll just say, like, what is your opinion of dipping pizza in chocolate milk? <laughs> All right, I'm completely on board with this idea. Okay, now. I'm just warning you; it is four hundred bucks. Yeah, that's fine. I'll split that with you sure, happily. Sure. I mean, I I honestly actually down uh, yeah, for the joke same. of it. Uh, and then one day we'll get, actually get one from him to promote the podcast. But until then, we got to just get that question out of the way. <laughs> oh, God. As we mentioned, this episode sucks and we don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But. So the, the the point of this scene is that he wants to enroll them in this program called the water program. Don't know what it means other than the fact that there's water and they do stuff on the water. And uh, Eddie's like, I don't know. I don't like people. And Mitch is like, do it anyways. And he's like, yeah, OK. So that's what happens. Yep. Uh, yeah. We really don't learn anything about what the program is, even by the end of the episode, to be entirely honest. Um, but next up, we get a scene with Court, Eddie, and Shawnee, uh, where Court's like, Hey, Eddie, instead of hanging out with your dumb girlfriend, you should come to the fights with me. And Shawnee's like, No, we're going to the ballet instead. And Court's like, Does Eddie know about this? And then all three make really stupid jokes that I didn't even bother to write down because I hated it. Um, And then Eddie decides to go to the fights instead. Yeah, it's really shitty. It's really shitty. He's just being a dick to Shawnee. And like, if your boyfriend is this easily influenced, that may be a sign that you're not in a good relationship. Yeah, Uh, because this next scene will learn even more about how it's a really bad relationship because... Uh, Eddie and Court are talking about the fight they just saw, and Court's like, I don't settle down, I'm just like a singles man, and, like, if you can't even go see fights when you already made plans with your girlfriend, what are you even doing with your life? And Eddie's like, well, I'm not in the doghouse, and then Court's like, you should just be single instead, and he does it was not the say that. shittiest fucking thing. So Eddie does say that he's not in the doghouse. He does say that, but you have misrepresented a lot of this scene. Let's get it. Have I, though? Right. Have so I? So one court does not say Eddie should be single. He's like, you're lucky that you're not single because uh, Shawnee is great, which is the opposite. That's effect. not the reading I got from that scene. Well, he does say, well, you're lucky you have Shawnee. And then he's, yeah. his response is, when I'm not in the doghouse, which is 
an opposite. It's still really bad because he's like, yeah, I have a girlfriend when I'm not fucking up all the time because God knows she hates the shit I'm doing. It's like, this is your fault, dude. <laughs> like you, you skipped out on the thing she wanted to do to make an unplanned thing she was not happy with just because this guy who is going to be around for at least 10 days <laughs> is like one night like. Yeah, just skip all your plans and go to the fight, especially that one that you, uh, she probably paid like I don't know, like a hundred bucks for, because it's the ballet and the ballet isn't cheap. Yeah. See, I I read Court saying that is sarcastic, um, but maybe that's just me. Court Court is he he has many layers to him. He's like a donk. No, he's like an <laughs> ogre. He's like an ogre. He has layers, you know. <laughs> You know? Could be. Yeah. Could be. Or this episode could just be really bad. It could be. And then the next scene. Um, the next scene is fantastic um, because we get, I think, probably the best song that's nope, been in Baywatch that, so there's far. there's a better scene. Oh, there is? Not a better scene. It's just a, a scene. Oh, yes. And we get an, a, a very important revelation in this scene. Um which is that Shawnee is understandably very mad at Eddie because Eddie is a shithead. Uh, and also, we learn that Eddie lives on a houseboat now. I, I mean, I was going to get to that in a bit. <laughs> so, first off, first off, my important reason for that scene is that yeah. they bicker and Mitch makes really over the top, ooh, like, really weird faces that I kind of loved. And my response was, (laughs) boy, is this man hot as fuck. Um, I mean, yes. Then, yes, Eddie lives on a houseboat because he doesn't live with Craig and Gina anymore because they disappeared off the face of the earth. And so he had a fucking houseboat, which is the most... I'm 20 years old from Philly and I moved to L.A. to only be a lifeguard move I could possibly think of. Also, since he doesn't have his day job anymore because we haven't seen it, like he, there's no sh- Sam's shop isn't around anymore. So it's like, what else yeah. is he going to do today? I guess he runs the water sports program. Sorry, it's the water <laughs> program. I actually have come up in my head with an acronym for water. Or water oh. as an acronym, which is the Washington and Truman Environmental Reform. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, Truman was just a big fan of water. Um, yeah. I think everyone knows. I mean, he was a big fan of bombs. Uh, and this episode it's, it's is also, a bomb. It's <laughs> also... When I when I think of the 1990s, the two political <laughs> figures I think of are Washington and Truman. <laughs> well, I could have said Taft. <laughs> yeah, another famous 90s politician. <laughs> well, you know, it wasn't going to be Teddy because that's that's his first name. You know, yeah. I'm not going to be yeah. the Washington and Theodore in parentheses Roosevelt. <laughs> Sorry, Roosevelt. I'd actually know Roosevelt. I think is FDR. I think it's Roosevelt for Teddy, but doesn't matter. Yeah, it's Truman. It's Taft. You know what? It's water with two T's. W a t t r. Washington and Truman, comma Taft. Environmental <laughs> reform. Anyways, let's get to this montage. Tell me about it. Yeah. 
Uh, so now we get to see Mamo uh, just kind of generally doing crime uh, while Crazy by Seal plays. <laughs> um, and it was so good. And I was genuinely blown away when it started playing because I was like, oh, this is a real song, not just like generic 80s white people bullshit. And I, I loved it. I thought it was a good montage. Yeah, it was actually pretty good. I did realize during this montage that the plot of this episode was going to be this kid uh, being saved by the white people. Mm -hmm. And I did get frustrated by how many episodes of Baywatch are various minorities being, quote unquote, saved by white people. But yeah, like we said, this episode's very racist. So I'm assuming you got a wild original song for this montage. We did. But before we get into it, I do want to just mention a little bit more about the content of the montage, which is oh please so off for Baywatch because it's well mm-hmm. shot. Like it's yeah, really it's it's very it's very dramatic. It has yeah. these weird fades in it where Mamo is staring off into the distance and you can tell he's like pensive about life. I guess it, and it honestly looks like a really good music video. It does. It does. Um, and it, the part of the weird part was, I'd like to hear it with crazy by seal because what I got was the song 17 years by J.R. Richards, who previously <laughs> has done a song for us. He's the original singer of the post grunge band Dishwalla. Uh, oh. and this is by far the most serious song we've heard on the show. It's wow. sort of weird, dancey beat to introspective lyrics. Um, huh. But yeah, this specific montage is like way above the caliber of the rest of Baywatch as a whole. Uh, so yeah. I, I give the song itself a C plus and a montage a B. Here are the lyrics. Yeah, this is this is a long song, but here are the lyrics. Maybe I am foolish or maybe I am blind. You can see the thunder underneath sigh breaking through the door far from this life, never knowing when or if you might die. Staying low and only moving through the darkness. So hold your head up till we all fly. So hold your head up. We're looking for the rapture. So we keep on rising. Never been much for the sadness when all the world around is only madness. When all the world around is only madness. We are bound like this. We are bound like sisters and brothers. Can we give enough before we all come undone? Don't forget the love they say. Keep it all hidden away now. It's only been 17 years. Will I be alive tomorrow? Which... When you hear that part, you're just like, what the fuck? Um, yeah. Don't forget the love they say. Keep it all hidden away now. Hidden away now. Okay, no, I can't do that. It's only been... <laughs> hidden seven- away now. <laughs> the, the chorus to this song is, it's only been 17 years. And it's sung in a way that's like, I didn't have enough time to finish this. So they like actually speed up the 17 years part to like finish. Interesting. It's very weird. It kind of works. Be alive tomorrow. Will I be alive tomorrow? Maybe I am foolish. Maybe I am blind, but I do what I need. And it's, it's not how I am defined. I'm just a man at times. I have been unkind, but it's only to survive. I won't forget this love. Forget this love this time. I won't forget this love. Forget this love this time. Don't forget the love they say. Keep it all hidden away. It's only been 17 years. Will I be alive tomorrow? So, yeah, that is... I gave it a C plus uh, because 
um, the song sounds weird. And mm-hmm. this is it's really kind of creepy to me, actually. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the the lyrics, I got to say, seem like some of the best lyrics we've ever had from an original song on this show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're the ones that don't sound like someone came and came up with it when they were like shitting on the toilet. And they're like, oh, I know what to write about love. Let's talk about yeah. my brother. Uh, you know, some shit like that, right? It's, oh, God, I forgot about that one. <laughs> like, man, I, you know, I was waiting for you to get out of the shower. And, you know, sometimes I look at you and your hair flips through the air. Ain't that right, brother? Wait, what? Yeah. Uh, oh, God. Uh, fucking song. But this song, yeah, it just threw me off and it's so oddly serious and I hate it's probably because I've watched enough Baywatch that now I don't know what quality is anymore but could be um, it does seem not fully hokey which shocked me too Uh, but yeah it really I mean it felt like a montage out of something much better than Baywatch it did it (laughs) really did maybe it was Hill Street Blues the show that he was on before where he paid Diablo. I don't know. Um, but tell us, tell us what happens next. Oh, wait, actually, no, I want to tell you what happens next because I, I wrote ahead. this line down. <laughs> After this, Court drives up to where the gang is. And by mm-hmm. the gang, I mean the gang that Mamo was in looking mm-hmm. for the guys who's going to bring them to the water program. And we get this mm-hmm. fantastic line of, hey. When you, you when you bring your business to where I do my business, it makes it hard to do business. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like holding a gun at him. And I'll, I'm like, oh, boy. Uh, yeah. This is also the part where we need to bring up that characters in this episode, when talking to guest characters, throw in Spanish words that they've never used before. They've never spoken oh. Spanish on this show before. And all of a sudden, fucking court is say, is like calling people essay and pandillo, yep. and it's like you don't talk like that. But otherwise, it's so fucking racist. It's this so whole episode. It's so like, racist. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah. It's oddly, but yeah. oddly enough, it's from from this point on. It's it's. I mean, it's racist. It's less racist on the behalf. Of the Hispanic actors as it is on the white actors. That's true. Uh, That's true. It shifts. It shifts from the racism being look at these stereotypes to all the white people are just being really shitty. Yeah. To them. Which uh, it's it, it doesn't yeah. bump it up any points. I'm just saying that's no. interesting. They just they just managed to hit all four quadrants on the racism square. Oh yeah! If uh, if <laughs> this would be the fourth meal at Taco Bell, you know, in terms of racism. Actually, I can't say that about Taco Bell. I love Taco Bell too much. We can't do that. Can't we? Can't disparage the Bell here. This is sacred. It's true. This is a safe space for the Bell. Yeah, this episode was just a just a Baja blast of racism. <laughs> you can't do that either. That's it's too disparaging. Oh my god! We can say it's like. The taco time? No, taco time no. is okay. It's not good. okay. No, taco time can fucking eat my ass because <laughs> they put ranch dressing on their burritos, and that's a crime, and people should be arrested. 
Okay. We should just quote. That should be the name of the episode. <laughs> Chavo Dark can eat my ass. <laughs> I went there. I went there like a couple weeks ago when I was in the process of moving and was making my 27th trip to Lowe's in one day. And Taco Time is right there. And I was like, oh, let me just grab a burrito. And there was fucking ranch dressing on it. And that is the most bullshit I've ever encountered in my life. You see, that's funny because whenever I've ordered a, a burrito from there, it's they don't put ranch on it. But they do have the worst salsa I've ever had in my entire oh, life. Oh, it's so bad. And their hot sauce. Their hot sauce is nonsense. It's, it's not hot sauce. No, their medium sauce. Tastes like someone decided to, um, you know, get a bowl and put in some red pepper and then a literal doorbell and then like try and mix that <laughs> together. And that's what it tastes like. It's so bad. Uh, what Taco Time is known for are the Mexi fries. That's it. Yes. So uh, they have good soft tacos and they're also famous, at least locally, because... Uh, there's this famous local comedian, Pat Cashman, and Pat Cashman was on, I think, Almost Live, uh, and he's legitimately hilarious. He now hosts a show with his son, which is the most Washington thing you've ever seen in your entire life. It's called oh. the 206, because that's <laughs> our area code, at least in Seattle, mm-hmm. and all of it is things where it's like, well, let me tell you a joke about the Alaskan Way viaduct. And it's like, that's funny to <laughs> not even everybody in Seattle would find that funny. I mean, it's only f- funny if you're from here and you know what the Alaskan Way viaduct is. And even then, it's not funny because nobody gives a shit, uh, which is. So he's he's Seattle's Jeff Foxworthy. No, well, I hate you. That. Might, I you might be from Seattle if uh, I mean. God, I, I want to praise Pat Cashman because he's actually funny and like he has such a cool voice. Like later, look up like Pat Cashman Taco Time commercials. They're really good. <laughs> and like he has this iconic voice that's really great. He has this like great like kind of 50s announcer voice to him, which is good. Yeah. And also back in the day, my dad bought me this wheel card games game. And he voiced a uh, he voiced a dinosaur in it who would play poker and it's just this dinosaur going like this is the worst hand i've seen since that fossilized (laughs) t-rex uh and i'm just like oh boy i kind of love this is so bad that's good and like he is going for anyways uh sure but does any of that make up for the fact that they put ranch dressing on their burrito no it does not it's horrible it's absolutely horrible i do know that I had a conversation with Jamie where Jamie defended Taco Time and I told her she's not a true Pacific <laughs> Northwesterner, even though she is because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, this episode, I just I just. Yeah, this episode. Um, yeah. After uh, after court goes to round up Mamo and. uh the rest of the gang members, um, they all eventually go down to the water program because one of them shows up and is like, hey, back off. We're going to the beach. 
and then then they all show up at the beach and they fight with one of the lifeguards and then Eddie shows up on the scarab. It's actually um, not a lifeguard. It's Dickskin. Sorry, Dickerson. <laughs> I okay. He was wearing lifeguard uniform ish thing, yeah, yeah. so I just assumed he was. Morgan, um, I have a question mm-hmm. for you about the next yes. scene. Yes. Is this next scene the most pointless scene in all of Baywatch? Boy, is it. This is maybe one it of the worst on, scenes I've seen in television. And it goes on for like a solid literally two minutes. Yes, yes. It actually does go on for two minutes. Uh, yeah. It's them and the scarab. And for me, it's like mu- the, the music goes for two minutes. Same. And it's them just driving the boat faster and faster to make the guys puke. It's it's hazing. So how is this mm-hmm. supposed to help them? It's also so boring because it's just cuts from it's them so trying boring. to puke to them driving over yeah. and over. Yeah, it's really, really boring. Like <laughs> it. Oh, my God. This episode is so bad. Um But yeah, eventually they they get back to shore. uh, And the way we see that they're back to shore is that we get a long shot of a bunch of women in bikinis modeling. And in the background, we see the boat show up. Um, And then then Eddie is like, hey, guys, the bathroom's over there. If you can even make it. Um, And so everyone except Mamo goes to throw up. And Mamo is like. I definitely hated that, even though he's like the one person who was clearly enjoying it. And Eddie's like, you got to embrace your feelings, man. You know, you love it. And Mamo is about to when fucking Danny Trejo shows up and is like, Mamo, my son, what are you doing? Showing emotion. <laughs> I love your, your Danny Trejo, <laughs> like slightly deep voice. Yeah. You know, you know me. Mamo, I just am so much. boy. When people think of, like, celebrities who I resemble, Danny Trejo, really, just the immediate obvious go-to for me. Well, yeah, because normally (laughs) when you're out around town, you normally go with no shirt and just a biker jacket to everywhere. Oh, yeah. Because that's what Danny (laughs) Trejo does in this episode, in every scene. Yeah, it's true. He looks very good. He does. I gotta say. No, Danny Danny Trejo looks... uh, If... If the word actually applied, I would say svelte, but that is the wrong word, so I'm not going to use yeah. any word. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's uh, he's there to yell at Mamo because Mamo just isn't doing enough crime, <laughs> and so they drive off on a motorcycle. And then one of the bikini models from earlier goes up to court and says, oh, my God, you're court, right? I thought you were in Africa. And then they make out and we never learn why that happened. It's so it was pointless. The dumbest shit. <laughs> I'm like, there's got to be like 30 minutes of deleted scenes here or something, right? Like, let's see like the the uncut episode. Let's see the Snyder cut of this episode. <laughs> Yeah, I want to see. I want to see the black and white version of this episode with title cards. <laughs> the Zack Snyder cut, and like, like Zack Snyder comes in, and he goes, "Little did you know, I actually had in the episode Point of Attack a very extended storyline for Cyborg." <laughs> I was like, "Wait, Cyborg's in this episode? What?" Um, yeah. Okay, so next scene, 
we go back to Eddie's houseboat, boat mm-hmm. house, house on the water, boat on the water, <laughs> smoke on the water, and dun, dun, dun. find Shawnee sleeping. Her hair it is amazing. And yeah. Court has been calling Shawnee every half hour, updating Shawnee slash looking for Eddie, who is trying to find Mamo. And this leads mm. into a conversation that is even for this episode, yep. so utterly pointless. Pointless and racist. No, um, no, uh, well, we're thinking of two different conversations then. Oh, it's possible because this scene is very bad. So I'm referring to a part where Shawnee talks about Eddie's experiences at the YMCA pool. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of. Like uh, this whole scene and that conversation between her and Eddie, both what she's saying, and what Eddie's saying, it felt very much like Eddie was like, my experiences are exactly the same as Mamo's. And that's why I need to go save him. Oh, yeah. That part is super racist because he's like, I'm I'm a white kid from Philly and therefore I know everything about being Hispanic in L.A. Yes. Yeah. That part is stupid. Yes. The part yeah. I was talking about. Was he talks about how he, he, I guess his formative years were spent at the YMCA pool and in quote, there was that guy. And he goes, yeah, that guy. Pause, pause, pause. Denny Curran. And we're like, Denny Curran? (laughs) Who's that? And Eddie says, I hated him. He was hard on me. Greatest man I've ever known. Everything he is, I am. And then that's yeah. it. They just throw that shit out there. And, I'll, and I'm like, where's the Snyder cut of that? What, yeah. what is happening? <laughs> are we going crazy here? What are you talking about? Who is Denny Curran? Why do we care? He, yeah. Denny Curran does sound like some sort of like weird parody of a basketball player. It's like, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's so stupid. I, yeah, they're never going to reference this again, are they? They're probably not. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, this is this is Baywatch attempting to do world building. But like, if they're expecting us to care about it, all I can say is don't care. Don't ugh, words. Don't count on it. Baywatch. This is like, like, this is the lore building of it. And somehow it's still a little bit more effective than George R. R. Martin. <laughs> I honestly would like I would rather hear more about Denny Curran than I would about this king of you know of High Garden. No, it wasn't of High Garden. It was <laughs> I forget what the abandoned castle is in the middle uh, of Westeros who uh what had a name of like half thumb because someone threw an a- I have the world of ice and fire lore building book it's so this is why i know it and i regret this decision ah uh, so someone throws i was gonna say not not like walder frey no 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 this is supposed okay. to be years and years and years and years back ah where someone threw an axe and he catches it but it cuts off half of his finger and they're like man you're tough we're gonna call you half finger uh and it's, it's, it's not even like quarter and a half hand who's up in the north no 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 this sure. is like a king who just like has half a finger and george R. R. martin writes a whole two pages about this yeah. man 
in this 300-page lore-building coffee book that he could have been spending time on the next book in A Song of Ice and Fire. But no, he's like, I got to write for you my five pages on my fiction's version of Divorce Beheaded Died, Divorce Beheaded Survived. Because he legit writes a Divorce Beheaded Died, Divorce Beheaded Survived, Eight Wives of Aegon the Conqueror. Well, yeah, I'm like, George, fuck off. Go, like, read some, like, Rosa Versailles shit. <laughs> you know, come now. Come, I will. Yeah. I will say in George R. R. Martin's defense with how long quarantine has been, I, too, would uh, happily write about Half Finger, if you know what I mean. Um, no, I don't. actually. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a sex thing? I mean, it was supposed to be. Oh, but OK. It wasn't very good. Why not full finger? <laughs> well, because the guy's name is Half Thumb. Or, or I, don't, I don't even know what his. Wait, now we're going to look this up. We're going to look this up. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> this is the important content that people tune into Baywatch Ricky School. It's better than the racist. OK. It really is. Uh. Oh. We're going to do World of Ice and Fire, Catch an Axe. <laughs> uh, okay, so there's a, a Song of Ice and Fire wiki entry for just the word axe, which is, <laughs> you know, great. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. This is going to be very good, but it's going to take me just a second here. Give me one okay. second. Where is this? Uh, what's where's the fuck is the is it the Rimmerlands? Is that where this? Sh- who who makes this shit? It's George. George <laughs> makes this shit. That's what it is. But like, uh, where? What is that castle that's abandoned? Ah, uh, is it in the Vale? No, no. Is it in the Reach? The what? Why is there so much information about this and not just like <laughs> just write a goddamn book, George? Goddamn. I know. I know. Uh, but at least at least we have a lot of information about Dorne and the Sand Snakes and that bad pussy. <laughs> OK, so I, I my, <laughs> my thing this episode was going to be that I wasn't going to make any wrestling references, but I decided against that because this episode sucks. So there's this mm-hmm. team of this one guy. <laughs> what? I'm just so curious where the hell this is going. <laughs> oh, you're going to like this. So it's this team. So uh, a man and a woman, the guy's name is Effie. And Effie's whole thing is that he's like just the queerest man uh, in a positive way. Uh, and he has a butt okay. that won't stop. And he wears fishnets. All right. And he's super fucking hot. And he just. All right. He's great. And then his partner is Alley Cat. And her whole gimmick is that she's like actually a cat. Um, and so like people have beaten her in matches by getting a laser pointer. Um, <laughs> she's also a cat that is bisexual, um, which is great. Cause she's just like, yeah. Uh, when someone's like asking her about it, she's just like, cats can be gay. You know that, right? <laughs> and someone's like, I stand yeah. corrected. And so together they have just recently in the last two weeks formed a team called Bussy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and I was like, yep, that is that is the best thing. OK, so it's the castle of Heron Hall. That's what it's fucking called. OK, yes. Uh, and OK, what is the name of this guy? 
I just Googled, I, I Googled Team Bussy. Uh, you're right. Th- those are very attractive people. Oh, um, yes. Yes, they are. I, Effie and this is in a, a pink leather jacket with studs and spikes. Oh, that's his and, thing. Yeah. And fishnets and a Speedo. And I got to say, I'm not not into it. Oh, he is a very attractive man. Uh, yeah. And as is, an alley cat is also very attractive. Uh, and they oh, yeah. are amazing. Um, they uh, team with uh, generally they have this like it's like the bread tube of wrestling. You know, you know, bread <laughs> yes. tube. So people don't yeah, know yeah, bread yeah. tube is like the uh, like in quotes leftist collective of like Contra mm-hmm. points, uh, Lindsay Ellis, H bomber guy, sort of philosophy a, tube, philosophy tube, by extension of Nia Zarkeesianus on the Hun. Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, someone else I'm forgetting. Uh, it's like Sean is in there yeah, too. Yeah, that's it. And Sean. Yeah. And uh, God, we're going so far off in this episode. I do not <laughs> give a shit. Uh, it's such a bad episode. It is. So like, they're the bread tube of wrestling where it's them. Uh, this Hell guy yeah. called Dan the Dad, who we've talked about before, whose whole gimmick is that he's a dad, uh, and he comes out with like really long socks. And like a ten gallon hat, and he has a backpack on, and he usually also has like a child seat with him or something like that. So he's just a dad, and he tweets about dad things. Uh, word is out on if on if he's actually a dad, uh, but I assume he is. Um, this guy Warhorse, whose gimmick is that he's a horse who's really into metal, and he weighs like three thousand pounds. In kayfabe, he's actually like 150. Um, and yeah, he just swears a lot and everything is in all, all caps. It's great. And my nice. favorite of all of them, who actually just today was on Conan O'Brien's podcast, which is crazy, uh, is Dan Housen. And Dan Housen is, uh, in his own words, very nice, very evil. He uh is like sort of satanic who only cares really about himself to the point that he refers himself in the third person but adds housing to the end of everything so he's like this is very fun housing um i know housing a thing that you would like to do and that's talk to dan housing he also carries around with him a bottle of human teeth and pours it down people's what uh hold on (laughs) hold on (laughs) what yeah. What? So he has this a bottle. Bo- a bot. Is it the same bottle? Is it? Oh yeah. What? Yeah. So he has this like bottle of human teeth, and he pours it down people's throats because he's like, <laughs> teeth are teeth are disgusting. So it's the distracting. I mean, okay. Yeah, and you gotta also Google Danhausen like right now, just so you can get an idea of Danhausen. Um, and he's you okay. gotta listen to him also sometimes because he's great. But you look at Danhausen, you're just like, I fucking love this. Like the second picture is him holding the thing of teeth with his cape. Um, yeah, that's okay. And so the other thing that he does is he pulls a bag of he calls it a sack of money uh, from behind his cape. It's really just a twenty dollar bill. And then he's like, "Good job." And he gives people <laughs> gives people that. Uh, and. Then the other things he does is um, he has uh, this rule against swearing. So he tells people they can't swear because he's worried he's going to be taken <laughs> off TV. So he just like will randomly pop into segments on the Internet and just go, no swearing. 
and like that's it and it's it's fucking great it's so random it's amazing <laughs> he's gotten over completely on his character so he's this huge conan o'brien fan and conan had him on today for an episode it was their first episode they're doing about fans of conan he's just like i just want to meet my fans and they're like this is donovan and he's like hi i'm a minor league pro wrestler he goes oh really what's your character oh it's a guy named dan has you know he carries around a bottle of teeth and he goes wait what <laughs> Right. As you would. <laughs> and uh, Kona Bryan is like, I'm sold. I'm I'm literally texting my assistant Sona right now to make this happen where I do a thing with you. I want to be a part of this. Like, I don't I don't give a shit. And he's like, that would be great. Um, and so he's like advising him on things they could do together. So it's like Dan Housen, One of his things he tries to do is he just punches people in the groin before the match starts. So he could be like, <laughs> I continue immediately and I win. Right. Because the point is, if you win, you get more money and I want money. Uh, so Coden's like, well, yeah. what if you like punch somebody and it doesn't work because like they have like a cod piece. And so then I come in. And I like pull their hair and he goes, that's that's an, that's a idea. I don't know if that's necessarily the best idea. And he goes, OK, well, what if and he just, they just start throwing around ideas? And I'm like, this is stupid. I fucking love this. And I still haven't yeah. figured out the name of this individual who has half a hand. But I swear to God, <laughs> this guy exists, uh, you know, because I, I believe you. It sounds like the kind of shit that George R. R. Martin would pull it. I mean, yes, yes, yeah, yes, it is. Um, but I mean, truly, it sounds like when it comes to indie wrestling, this is the age of heroes. Like, uh, just so many, so many good indie wrestlers out there. I, we could do a whole podcast about that. Uh, you know, <laughs> absolutely could. But this is a podcast about Baywatch. And. You want to know where two men who have never watched Baywatch before. Thank you. It's very funny. <laughs> very nice. Very funny. Uh, which one day, if we can get Dan has on this podcast. You, yeah, I will get a cameo from him one day. It's like twenty five bucks. It's amazing. <laughs> Trust me. Look up Dan has on cameo after this. It'll be great. Yeah. Anyways. So. <sighs> yeah. So next thing that they do is they. Eddie and Court drive to go look for Mamo, and nobody's seen him. So they go mm-hmm. to Mamo's place and see Danny Trejo. And this is a bizarre, bizarre scene. So, like, they show <sighs> up so there. so weird. They come to and talk to him, and, and Danny Trejo's like, get off, get off my lawn. And then they yeah. cut to commercial. And when they come back from commercial, yeah. you hear fighting. Eddie yeah. just casually walks in and sits down next yeah. to him. I was like, what's up? And in court is well, fist fighting with Dan Trejo. And what's what's wild about this is the setup to this is that Eddie is like, hey, if things get weird, Court, <laughs> you create a distraction for me. Yeah. And the distraction is that Fight his dad. <laughs> court and Danny Trejo are punching each other. While Eddie casually sits down on the couch next to Mamo and is like, what if you wanted to be what if you wanted a little bit more to change your life and make it better? Because the problem is that you're not trying hard enough (laughs) Um, and it's really 
It's really stupid. And then Court comes like flying in the door, perfectly sits down in the chair and goes, am I buying you enough of a distraction? And then gets up out of the chair and goes to punch Danny Trejo some more. But it, it he punches him some more. And then almost immediately, Eddie is then like, I've had enough. And then he just goes out there and stops it. It's like so short. It's so yeah. short. I wouldn't even rate. I wouldn't. Even, I'm not even going to do a joke about like the Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> scale because this fight is so short and it just, it makes no sense. It ends abruptly and then it cuts to Eddie insinuating that like so he he's trying to argue with Danny Trejo who's I yes I have this exact line written down. Oh please, you say the I don't have the line, so you say it. Uh yeah. So Eddie Eddie is basically like. Hey, Danny Trejo, you should let your son go do things. Otherwise, he's going to end up in a life of crime. And Danny Trejo is like, but if I let him do that, then he might experience racism. So it's better for him to just be here doing crimes with me because no one's going to offer him anything. And Eddie says, no one offered me anything other than chip tile stinking of chlorine. And it was (laughs) the funniest thing I've ever heard. He in this in the context of this, he's talking about like a pool, and it's like, yes. oh, you had a pool, good for you. Yeah, exactly. They don't have he's a like, pool. The free pool I used to go to as a kid wasn't that nice. <laughs> and Danny Trejo was like, "Fuck you, you absolute dumbass." So like, it gets worse. <laughs> it gets worse because then Eddie gets so much. Worse. Eddie then says. So what, you want to end up with tattoos on his arms? And it's like, oh, my God, who cares? like this is so 90s. It's so early 90s, like care, caring about tattoos. We've also throughout this entire episode kept getting close ups of Mamo has like a spider tattoo on his hand that looks really cool. And I really thought was going to mean anything considering how many times they do a close up of it. But it's literally never addressed. They don't they don't um, they cut all those close ups out of my version. Really? There's probably five or six close ups of that tattoo. Oh, really? Yeah, they do nothing with that. I don't, huh. I don't I didn't even know he had a tattoo. Oh, yeah. No, they keep like any time he's introduced in a scene. The way they do it is they start with a close up of his hand and pan up his arm to his face. Huh. OK, well, that's extremely odd uh it's so weird but what if he gets more tattoos <laughs> i i hate this episode so much so then uh danger has like memo get back in the house so mm-hmm. eddie and court leave and court's like if that was me i would have i would have gone with you i would have believed you and it's like because you're fucking white anyways yeah, they show up in the van and Memo's in the van and says, let's go. And yeah. that leads us into a fun scene. <laughs> this scene, it's now we get a montage where where all the gang members from earlier are learning windsurfing, kayaking and CPR. It's it's very um, fun. They have. But it's so it's so funny because they're kayaking and windsurfing just on the beach, and all of them are like, oh, now we've given up our life of crime for this. And it was just, it felt so fucking patronizing and stupid. Look, um, we have to understand, but, white people, because they don't have crime, 
they can windsurf. <laughs> you know, it's just the thing. Like w- they gave up crime to windsurf. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so bad. But what's amazing is we get a second good song behind this montage. Oh. We get a song from Ziggy Marley. What? <laughs> we get All Love by Ziggy Marley. Okay, so this makes a lot of sense. Because my song is reggae as well. And I was like, why did you yeah. give us reggae for this? Because that's why. Yeah. Um, my song. Oh, boy. So this is called Do It From The Heart. And <laughs> Morgan, you know what? It's just for fun. Can you guess the name of an artist who you think just you not a like you know not a big artist just a random artist name who you think would do a song called Do It From The Heart like no one you've ever heard of just make up a name I I have no idea Well would you have guessed Manhattan Capistrano No <laughs> no that would have been uh nowhere on my list Yeah you know what it, where else this is nowhere Google there are no Google results <laughs> for Manhattan Capistrano, but there- I also gotta say when I think reggae, Manhattan <laughs> Capistrano, not a band name I would think of as particularly reggae. It sounds more like Frank Sinatra cover song. Manhattan like- Capistrano is definitely the special at some sort of like outlet store or outlet restaurant in in Manhattan. Um, it's the Manhattan Capistrano. Oh, okay. Um, it's this song is okay so it's it's written by a guy named chris jagich who is a dj focusing on live looping and then kelly jimenez who has toured with weezer and other bands like oar which is a heartland rock band and i give the song a c here are the lyrics (laughs) for capistrano yes c for capistrano (laughs) Uh, on the other side of town, there's a force, and it's easy just to sit and shut it down. But the right way is the right way. What does that fucking mean? No matter how you want roll, no matter how you want to play, this is the time to say I'm committed to a higher level. You got to choose that path masked in the pressures you face. It's hard to know when the time is right, but faith doesn't need a reason. Now is all you have. It'll never be better than this very moment. Make it yours. It's your only chance. We do it for one reason right from the start. You and me together, we do it from the heart. 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 (laughs) It's the only way it will never change. It's the only way. That will never change. I've been looking for the answers. I've been picking up the calls. I've been looking for the right way in between these walls. I found out they were wrong. I knew it, but could never prove it. Judge not what lies in front of you, but lies within. We do it for one reason. Right from the start, you and me together. We do it from the heart. We do it from the heart. We do it from the heart. That's a C song right there. That's like C, C minus. It's it's reggae. Like the montage itself is an A. Absolute A. But it's it's something. I like it. I smiled quite a bit during (laughs) it. I was like, I like this. But the song, I was like, fuck, you should not have done reggae here. And yeah, it gets us then into a much, much first worse than better scene. Before before we get into that, I did Google Capistrano because I was curious. And so it is it is a town in Italy. Uh, It's also uh, 
part of the name of a town in California, but both of them are named after St. John of Capistrano, who led a crusade against the invading Ottoman Empire at the Siege of Belgrade. Um, And uh, number four on the table of contents on his Wikipedia page is a heading that says anti-Jewish incitement. Uh, so really, just a just a great guy. But that but that's that cap that that ain't Manhattan Capistrano. Manhattan Ca- Manhattan Capistrano is probably like fucking I don't know Irish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how 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 much more racist can we make this episode? <laughs> not much. There's not much more we could fit in. I don't think. No. <laughs> so this next scene, I have some opinions about it. Um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, basically what happens next is uh, Mamo steals Eddie's gym bag and runs away with it. Uh, so we get a chase scene that goes on for fucking ever. It's an A-plus chase scene. It's pretty good, but it just keeps going. It makes me feel really bad about my fitness uh, because they're, yes. they basically run... So okay, so they run from the beach back to Mamo's house, where they previously had taken a car to go there, yeah. like a van, because they were like, "This is too far." So you have run that way. So one, they are both fit as fuck. If you want me to believe that they are doing that, uh, and Mamo yeah. is not fit as fuck. Let me tell you that. Uh, yeah, Eddie maybe is, but not not Mamo. Uh, and this this chase scene, they spent all of their directing budget on trying oh, to figure yeah. out how to you know shoot these scenes. They're very artistic, and I was like, "This is pretty cool. These are shots that you have never done in this show before." For this chase scene, that like all of this episode reeks of we didn't have enough things. Oh yeah. There's so much of this episode is filler. But what's weird is that normally the filler they do in this show is like obviously super low budget. But then they licensed two named artists to do with like good songs for the montages. So I just I just don't understand this episode. Look, that's the Alan Squire and Alan (laughs) Myerson experience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I will be happy if I never have to watch an Alan Swire written episode ever again. I don't think there is another one. Thank the That's Lord. That's good. Because uh, I, I hate his, I hate these Alan Swire episodes a lot. Like they stand out. I got to say, it was this and uh, Money Honey, right? Yeah. Was this other one? Yeah. I would watch Money Honey again before I would watch this episode. Holy shit. Yeah, but Money <laughs> Honey wasn't necessarily great. This is bottom of the barrel shit. Yeah. Anyways, they chase each other and then they talk it over. Yeah. Eddie basically catches up to Mamo and tells him that he's so tough and he talks a lot of big game for someone with such a small truck. And oh, look at those arms. Your arms look so fucking cute. But <laughs> Mamo just feels so clean like a money machine. What and are you it, talking? It's about? all good. <laughs> I'm so uh, lost. <laughs> it's lyrics to Money Machine. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Oh. 
This this episode has ruined me so much. Listen, I figure if we're talking about, you know, old media, I gotta I gotta do something hip with the teens these days and just really, you know, keep us keep us relevant to the youth of today's so that when we post this episode on Vine, everyone will think we're we're cool. Wait, this was the joke you prefaced me ahead of the episode you're going to make? This? Oh, Morgan, come on. You're like, oh, man, I, I have the, the greatest joke of all time. And then it's just like, because I, I fucking no sold it. Yikes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm sorry. Uh, I kind of ruined your entire joke by just not having a sense of humor. No, it's fine. I actually think that's way funnier because my joke is really stupid and not that funny. <laughs> Um, but speaking, speaking of jokes, uh, this next scene is that, uh, Eddie comes home to Shawnee looking at college courses and, uh, turns to Eddie and says, oh, do you not have this scene in your version? What happens is he, he comes home and yeah, Shawnee's looking at like a college course catalog. She, ah, okay. I don't, I don't remember that. Yeah, but the line she says to Eddie is, oh, look at you. Court comes into town and you get creamed. Um, And (laughs) I could not stop laughing. That's a good line. (laughs) And Eddie's like, I just want court to stick around. And honestly, like, if Eddie's getting creamed, I I can't say I blame him. Like, court's very attractive. Yeah. And... He keeps going, yeah, you know, John D. Court is in town and I get creamed. And, you know, it's just it's a really good scene. The D stands for Danny Trejo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. This episode is terrible. I um so there's this thing because of how many times I've done the the bar fight scale. I now whenever mm-hmm. I think of court, like I immediately also think of Sonic the Hedgehog. Like I just think of an image of Sonic the Hedgehog next <laughs> to court, like holding hands or something, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like it's just like a package deal. <laughs> <laughs> an image of Sonic creaming uh, Eddie. <laughs> No, <laughs> I mean, someone needs to make deviant art, yo, of this. No. But and then and then tweet it at at rookie school pod, please. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to see Sonic and Eddie getting in a fight and Sonic just really creaming Eddie, just really, you know, just making him turn purple like an eggplant, <laughs> like we hear later after after Eddie gets creamed, he just. You know, it's just all about those eggplants. Oh, so I was talking about how every time I think of court, I think of a little Sonic holding his hand like Jesus. You know how they say how Jesus walks alongside you wherever you go. Well, it's not the case for court because court has a a Sonic walking alongside Mm -hmm. him, always telling him, don't fuck that. (laughs) Ah, goddamn, you fuck that. All I can think of is, have you, you've seen the, um, the Monster Factory Spore series, right? Oh, yeah. Someone come fuck this! <laughs> Someone come fuck this! <laughs> 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 
truly one of the funniest things on the internet. I, I think it gets does get beaten out by Truck Shepherd. I I do love Truck Shepherd, but the spore, the spore, I just keep coming back to over and over. I just I need to see Will Wright's beautiful spores. So my ex, the first uh, McElroy thing she had ever experienced was uh, I showed her the Monster Factory of Mass Effect, the Truck Shepherd episode, and she had just mm-hmm. recently injured her ribs and she was slowly healing. <laughs> I showed it to her and she laughed so hard that she goes, babe. I think I just completely re-injured my ribs. Like I, I can't even breathe. And I'm like, oh, do you want to go like to like the hospital? She's like, no, I want to watch more of these. And I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. I mean, that's not the choice I would make, but let's do it. I, I don't, I don't care. Um, yeah. Sp- God. Speaking of good, we should instead of instead of talking about the rest of this episode we should just watch monster factory i think that will be a more enjoyable experience for us and the listeners well, yeah, we, we gotta we gotta finish it we're so close i know we're so close so what happens is that we cut back to the boys they're rowing around and then danny trejo appears shirtless again with his biker jacket arguing with Mamo, and then Mamo pushes him into the water uh, accidentally, I guess. And then Eddie makes the coolest looking dive I've ever seen into the yeah. water. He looks like a fucking dolphin. It's crazy, which ties into the fan fiction that we have recorded for this podcast. Oh, that's true. I didn't even think about yes. that. And then Mamo and Eddie help get him out of the water and they do CPR. And then Dickskin, I mean Dickerson, offers <laughs> to do it. But then Court says, no, let him be. Because I guess it's okay if Danny Trejo dies as long as Mamo is the one to fail at it. Like this, this is an actual life on the line. But whatever, they this, they succeed and yeah. Danny Trejo doesn't die. This whole episode is so fucking stupid. Yep. And then Court, Court is like, I want to do a wilderness program for a whole year to help out kids. Mm-hmm. Cool. And and then he's like, Hey Eddie, we should go to another fight. And Eddie's like, nah, I think instead I'm going to spend the night with Shawnee. And Court's like, that's a good decision. Also, here are before and after pictures of the gang of people that got in fights at the beginning. And look how much better they're doing now. And so really, white people always need to step in and save minorities. And then the episode ends. Yep, that's um, (sighs) I hate it so much. Yep, that's, um... Yeah. <sighs> yep. Yeah. So, Morgan, before we do ratings, because we kind mm-hmm. of already know what they're going to be, <laughs> Yeah. let me tell you about the next episode. All right. So, our next episode is called Sandcastle. Ooh. So, the Baywatch wiki description is, is one sentence. One sentence. I don't know how to take this. (laughs) Hobie, already off to a uh, not a strong start, becomes enamored with a homeless girl whose mother has disappeared. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is not going to go well, huh? So I'm going to read you the IMDb review, and then I'm going to read you the Sandcrab277 review. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Hobie meets a homeless girl named Charlie, who's about his age. And gets Mitch to help Charlie find her missing mother. 
Oh, fuck. This next sentence sucks <laughs> so much. Oh. Oh, my God. Wait, this is... is Okay, so we're, we're going to get a character back we haven't seen in a while. And they've told... I, I think they've totally rebranded him. Okay. Meanwhile, Eddie gets stabbed by a crazy homeless man known as Hector the Collector. I think that's oh, the homeless Hector from the beginning of great. season one. And becomes yeah. determined to track him down. Hector and Charlie's paths cross when he steals her journal, in which Charlie is determined to retrieve... Also, fuck this next sentence. Oh. Harvey ends up temporarily homeless himself when his girlfriend throws him out of her place due to his compulsive gambling habit. But he finds oh, another no. house with a, this is even worse, with a bevy of attractive airline stewardesses as his roommates. No. Okay. okay. watch. why do you do this to us? So, here's the Sandcrab277 one-star review titled, Why This Show Fails. <laughs> the basic premise is that everything can be solved at Lifeguard Headquarters, when in true life, it cannot. Well, fucking duh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> We're off to a wild start. All right. Everyone knows this program was established to showcase David Hasselhoff. It even has his real-life wife on it, playing an independent media voice. Mitch's values aren't so great because he has a lot of friends like Court and his brother Buzz to drag him down. Not to mention <laughs> his troublemaking son, Hobie, who acts like he has never been disciplined or counseled and falls for every scam on Earth. I was stupefied this show made it past season one. What? What scams has Hobie fallen for? I, I have no clue. I can't think of a single one. Also, like, Court is gone buzz yeah. is definitely gone except for one other appearance yeah in this television series so like what are you talking about sand crab also whatever the fuck is sand crab 277 ever talking about i'm not yeah i i kind of love sand crab as part of the lore of our podcast as just the most extreme reaction to anything um, a very yeah. wrong, most of the time, extreme reaction to anything. Yeah. But with that said, Morgan, on a scale of one to ten, where one is ruining your food so one. bad. Okay. So it's ruining <laughs> the food, your food so bad that the smoke alarm goes off. Do you want to come up with something else, or do you want to just say it's that? I, I mean, it's just, it's so racist. Even... Even if for some reason you discounted that, it's just not a very good episode. So many of the scenes go on for way too long. All of these characters are such flimsy stereotypes. There's no depth to anyone. The dialogue is terrible. Like, they waste Danny Trejo, which is a fucking crime, because that man is amazing. Yep. And it's just, it's just awful. Like, <laughs> it's the worst episode we've ever seen, I think. I would say it absolutely is the worst episode of this show. Yeah. How about, how about you? What's your, what's your rating? Oh, it's a one. It's a fucking, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a zero. It's a freaking zero. Yeah. I, 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 I cannot stand this. I've, I've watched this twice now. Um, because, yeah. You know, I watched it once being like, oh, okay. And then. 
I didn't take notes. And then I regretfully had to do it a second time to take notes. And I will not be watching this episode again. It's just very bad. Uh, I thought yeah. I was going to maybe rate it a two just because I was like, the montages are fun. But the rest of the episode sucks so badly that it's not worth rating it higher than a one. Yeah. This is the worst episode. That's where I'm at, too, is like the montages were were good. And the songs they use are the best songs they've used in Baywatch so far. And then the whole rest of the episode was so unbearable to watch that it. Yeah, it kind of ruined <laughs> even those good songs for me. Well, fuck, I wanted, I wanted to say something that would, to make it better, but next episode's going to suck as well. <laughs> I, I was like, we could have the next episode be the one where we switch versions and you watch the remaster, but I don't know if that's going to help. Yeah, I don't know. Because if I had watched the remaster, I wouldn't have even gotten the good songs. So, like... <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, I... 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 I I got this. There's nothing good like last time where it's talking about your fucking your brother. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Everyone, this is avoid this episode. This is. Yeah. Don't don't watch this episode of Baywatch. Avoid it like the plague. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, but yeah, any uh, I guess any final thoughts on this episode? Yeah. So final thoughts are better things to do with your time. One, go on YouTube. And you know what? I'm actually going to find I'm going to find something specifically <laughs> on YouTube uh, that you can just search up to save you time rather than mm-hmm. giving you something very general. Um, mm-hmm. Watch watch any of the bread tubers that we mentioned no, earlier in this episode. Don't, don't watch Lindsay Ellis. Um, well, OK, you saw the whole thing today. I saw that she posted a video. I haven't watched it. Uh, it's, a, it's an hour, 40 minute video where she talks about being canceled but like she quit twitter she wasn't canceled yeah right i i like i just like literally haven't engaged with the discourse because i just i'm just tired and i don't care i was just i just unsubscribed from her because i was like whatever it's (laughs) it's not worth my mental energy so i think everybody should go on youtube and uh look up Go up and go up close and personal with Danhausen. Um, it's a three minute video where Danhausen just talks about Danhausen in the third yeah. in the third person, and it's great because it's Danhausen. Uh, yeah, I think that's a better usage of your time. If you like the idea of watching something uh, where the man who made its name starts with Dan, but don't feel like watching that, watch anything by Dan Olson, who does folding ideas. Oh, my God. Uh, another Absolutely. really yeah. good YouTube channel. His his I'm, I'm in the middle of watching his one he posted the other day about. Of the nostalgia critics, the wall. Oh my god, that video was infuriating in the best way. What uh, nostalgia critics or Dan Olson's? Dan Olson's, because I didn't even know about the nostalgia critics oh. bullshit nonsense about the wall. And watching it the whole time, I was like, "Fucking ah, yeah!" Like the nostalgia critic, I I was aware of him as a person vaguely. But he is truly just like the worst of film Twitter, huh? Him and fucking Cinema Sins. Cinema Sins, I think, is worse, personally. Just like a fucking parasite on the, like, host body of film criticism. Well, actually, there's one worse, and that's Armand White. 
uh, who's, who's well, who sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so much. But Armand White, Armand White at least feels like he's trying, which I give him. He's trying to his, be a contrarian. <laughs> his opinions are stupid and wrong, but at least he's doing something as opposed to cinema sins and fucking nostalgia critic who were just like the worst of like 13 year old boy humor. Well, it, the, the, I, I tried watching nostalgia credit back in the day and I always was like, I don't know if I really like him as much as like everybody else likes him. Uh, it seemed like everybody liked him at, at, you know, for a, for a time. And yeah, I was just, I was, uh, yeah, I've really into I've, I've literally never watched any of his videos. It's, like it's not, it's not great. It's really not great. Given uh, Dan Olson's review of Nostalgia Critic's version of The Wall, I am not surprised to hear that. Yeah, it's um, he, he's like the angry video game nerd. Uh, if the mm. angry video game nerd never had a good video because the angry video yeah. game nerd did have a good video or two. But like Nostalgia Critic is he's uneducated in terms of like everything. Like he's an aspiring filmmaker who's bad at it. Uh, who doesn't yeah. know anything about shot composition and really his only takes that are good are on things that are very obviously bad. Like, oh yeah, I can tell you the room is bad. That's easy. Like anybody with, you know, a yeah. brain can tell you that movie is bad. That's not hard yeah. to do. So that's the only places where he like succeeds. And, um, yeah, it's not great. He's not great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, uh, I think really just sums up how we feel about this episode of Baywatch, <laughs> which is to say, just go watch something else. Yeah. Do something better with your time. Listen to this epi- podcast, which is way longer than that episode of Baywatch. <laughs> yes, we are. We are approaching double the runtime. <laughs> we have passed double the runtime. Well, not after we cut everything out. Oh, yes, we have. <laughs> Anyways, we should probably end this. Yeah, let's uh let's wrap it all up. Uh so yeah, I guess what there is left to say is thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Baywatch Rookie School. Uh, if you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is at rookie school pod. I'm at Morgan P. Thrap. I'm at Snotsnit, S-N-O-T-S-N-I-T. We'll see you next week. And just remember, hips, lips, and fingertips. And Pussy. <laughs> God damn it, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>